Hello, friends. Today on the podcast, we're talking with Diana Morales, the founder of Lust Local Media. Hi, and welcome to Happy Healthy Human Radio. I'm your host, Samantha Attard, coming at you from the beautiful Washington, D.C. I'm an Ayurvedic coach, yoga instructor, and doula, sharing with you all the things I am learning about and teaching about in my everyday so that we can all find just a little more balance, bliss, and confidence. If you do enjoy this podcast, which I hope you do, please subscribe. You can also rate and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. That's super helpful. And if you really want to share the love, please share this podcast with a friend who you think also might enjoy it. Amazingly enough, in this podcast, we talk about that importance of sharing and acknowledging the content you appreciate. So just saying, if you enjoy this, you can definitely share. I am so, so, so excited for this conversation. I think you're going to really love it. It's talking with, as I mentioned, Diana Morales. She's the founder of Lust Local Media, which is a full-service social media consulting firm. Diana actually began her career in social media when she was working in corporate recruiting at the Lucas Group. During this time, Diana was able to master social media management, working under the wing of one of the top-ranked recruiters in the country. She was also able to establish a savvy social media strategy that would leap the firm's visibility in the online world. From this desire to connect people socially, Lust Local was born in November 2015 and has been managing media and social media uh, strategy for the past two and a half years. You can find Diana over on Lust Local online at lustlocaldc.com on, on, and on Instagram at Miss Diana Morales and on Twitter at The Local Maven. This is a beautiful and fabulous conversation. We start pretty practical at talking about social media and how Diana got into it and how she feels about all these different platforms, what she loves most about social media, how she takes her social media breaks on Saturdays and why that's important to her. Um, so we really get into some of the nitty gritties around social media and social media strategy and how Diana really thinks about it. And then we kind of morph into more about Diana and her life. We get into a great conversation about time, about connections, about uh, relationship and and being with people and really acknowledging the importance of this time that we have and that we have been given. Uh, so it's a really beautiful conversation that spreads from nitty gritty to really uh, holistic, beautiful, how do you see the world kind of values. And I hope you enjoy this podcast just as much as I did. Hello, Diana. Hi, Sam. How are you? So good. How are you doing today? I'm pretty well. It's it's pretty hot here in DC, so just adjusting <laughs> to, you know, that like humidity weather situation. Yeah, completely. It 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 takes adjustment for sure. Yeah, um, I call it I'm sweating weather, and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's it's learning how to embrace it that was when I moved to North Carolina that was like the first goal was to not freak out about the fact that you're sweating because you're going to be for the next four months so you might as well get used to it <laughs> right <laughs> um so we're here it's you know 4 45 ish end of, end of the day and I know when you run your own business and you're the person there's like 5 million things that you can do in a day. So what what did you do at work today? Well, most of my my days actually actually start off with 
email and then just projects. Uh, I feel like I'm working on projects constantly for the businesses and all of the clients that I work with. So that was primarily the biggest part of my day was just making sure that I was like completing my task. Yes. So no like photo shoots today. It was more kind of putting together all the strategy kind of work today. All of the strategy work today. I have two photo shoots tomorrow. Oh my gosh. Right. And they are spaced out within a few hours of each other. And I think it'll be fine, but it's definitely going to be one of those days. Yeah, for sure. And I know, I know you, you work and have worked with a lot of food companies, but do you still primarily work with food companies? Cause you did, who did you do photos for recently? Was it sweet green? I actually worked with um, the, the tavern, but I've done oh, the tavern. photos. Yes. Yeah. And yes. I've done foot, like photography for companies working with Speak Green, but I also do photography for the, the tavern. Awesome. That's so beautiful. And so do you focus a lot on food or do you kind of run the gamut in who you work with? I run the gamut. And, you know, with the, the tavern, I've been a you know, a part of their operational team and working on their social media with their actual social team. And it's more like of an in-house thing, but primarily, yeah, uh, primarily I work with a variety of companies and I've been working with a variety of companies for a while. This past month though, my business has pretty, pretty much picked up and I'm working with two food companies as we speak. Awesome. That's so cool. Um, I was so interested and I didn't realize that you worked with social media and social media management, even when you were working in corporate recruiting. Like I, I kind of thought that that sprung out separately and I didn't realize that you did that work um, as a part of kind of your more corporate life. And I'm really curious about when you started doing that work for them. Well, were you excited? Or were you like, were you like, what? I have to do this like dumb project? Or were you like, oh yeah, I'm like super into this stuff. I'm, I'm totally. Thank you. Put me on this project. Well, it's it's funny because I'm actually having coffee with my boss at that job tomorrow because I'll be downtown oh, all day. Yeah. And it's really interesting because I feel like it's coming full circle. And I, I texted him earlier. I was like, coffee, coffee tomorrow. But he actually tasked me. I essentially came on to be his assistant and still recruit, but as a part of his team. And at the time, I want to say it was either late 2013 or early 2014. He came to me and, you know, he, he tasked me with learning LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook pages. And he was, he was just like, I don't know what this is. People keep telling me I need to be very active on it. And, you know, just to give you a little bit of background, the kind of recruiting we were doing, was very specialized. It was very neat. And he was in the top 1% in the country. Wow. Who did this? And yeah, so working on that team was pretty intense, but it was also like a very big learning experience for me. And I was essentially getting paid to do research and like learn how to do social media. And from that, I learned about hashtags and how to do this. And, you know, at the time, Instagram is still in its infancy. Yeah. I've seen many iterations of it. It changes every day, changes every week, every month. (laughs) It's always changing. It is, you know, it's very, it's very interesting to see it grow 
in the way that it's grown. Yeah, completely. And I guess I'm curious. So it sounds like you actually did enjoy doing all this research and, and learning all of these pieces of it. And did you kind of come up with your, like, I love Twitter, but I hate how Facebook runs its how, runs its social media? Or, or did, did you immediately fall in love with Instagram? I mean, I know you're pretty active on both Instagram and Twitter, but what kind of like, right. what was your feeling about all of these different platforms? And it feels like they're just keep growing and growing and growing in number. Right. Well, at first it was, I've always been a visual person. I majored in history and had an art history background as well. So visually and perspective wise, I've always been interested in taking photos and posting them. And, you know, I had a, I had started a blog when I was at my job before that and spent all of my time on Pinterest because that was definitely one of those jobs where I would get my work done within like the first couple of hours of the day. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I would honestly just sit there and like not really have a ton to do because it was a day-to-day kind of organization. And there was a good one or two hours where I had the liberty to just sit on Pinterest and pin. I yeah. Ridiculous. So out of all of the platforms, I think that one was my favorite for the longest time. And then I love taking photos and posting that, but I also love the mechanics of LinkedIn. Mm, oh my gosh. It's, it's where you hear a really great word about LinkedIn. So tell me more. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, I think it's still underutilized and I think it's mm. becoming more of a platform. I still do run it for some companies, but LinkedIn is honestly one of the reasons that I got into social media management and learning that and Twitter for this partner enabled me to make connections. And one of the connections I've made on Twitter was the reason I had my first freelance client. Dang, that's amazing. That is actually amazing. And similar stories, I think, have happened to many of us. Definitely for me, it's like this random person that saw me on Twitter or on, for me, it was, I think, Instagram, like once, and then we magically connected. Or um, what did I do a lot of? It was two or three years ago. Oh, Periscope. Oh, my God. I used to do all these videos on Periscope about two to three years ago. And... You know, I like, I still have this person in, in Spain. She, uh, like last year she sent me, she's like, here, uh, your work inspired me to make this CD. I'm like, what? Oh my God. Okay. Okay. World. Like, I love you. Like, this is amazing. Um, and it's, it's a really neat thing. Um, so real quick on LinkedIn, I guess I'd be curious because I used to be in LinkedIn world, like when I was in graduate school and academics and research and all that and then as I got into yoga world I'm like eh, I don't I don't yeah who, who pays attention to this in yoga world and are you finding that it's still useful for small business small business owners freelancers entrepreneurs do you think it's still important in kind of our a culture that is a little more like Instagram focused or younger a younger audience 1000% and the reason I say that it's still super active well it's it's still super active but you know especially like being in the yoga world or in this kind of like business entrepreneur world that is a place where your people are your people that come to your yoga classes and it's easier to influence you can put up blog posts that are you know you would put on your website or you could put like a long caption up and your sphere of influence will see it 
Wow. And it has a really good chance of being seen during business hours. I think it's it's being underutilized 1000% by a lot of people. But because of those features where you can technically blog, I mean, mm-hmm. why not? Yeah. Well, and there's another beautiful world of, you know, if I think about, and I know I don't use LinkedIn a lot, but I don't, like I made the mistake of like twice actually saying yes to someone that I didn't know. And, but beyond that, they're all people I know and interact with or have interacted with in the past. And so it is, there, there's a lot less noise because every, every person's post, or I'll say 70% of the people's posts, I actually genuinely care about. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad your business did that. Oh, I'm so, yeah. so cool. You just got that award. And so it does like that the time spent on there does feel much more interactive than just scrolling through a Facebook or an Instagram event. Um, well, with Facebook and Instagram, I think what we're, a lot of people are seeing is that, and I know this is going to sound terrible, but people are just lurking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I mean, with analytics, you can see how many people actually see your post. And it's funny yeah. to me because sometimes I have like 3000 people see my post, but only 200 people like it. And I'm like, what, what on LinkedIn, people want to reach out. They want to send you messages. They yeah. Wanna... Well, yeah. yeah. Do you mind if I, I actually, I'm going to ask for a little bit of advice on the lurking because it is one of those funny ones where, so let's say I do a post about, I don't know, it's not, it's not, whatever it is, I do a post. And like you said, you get a certain amount of likes, a certain amount of comments. You're like, okay, whatever. I guess people didn't care. And then, you know, I show up to teach a yoga class and someone and it could be like two weeks later, three weeks later, they're like, oh my God, I saw that post. That was great. I'm like, did you even, did you even like it? Did you even, I, I didn't hear from you there. And I think it's really funny how much in-person feedback I get from like things that show up on social media. And right. is it like, that's a great thing? Or is it, should I actually be trying to get more people to engage in within the app? Because I know that obviously helps all the algorithm things, but how do you do that without being like, tag two friends that need to hear this message? <laughs> oh, I know. I know. It's it's funny because I put something up, I think it was like May 8th, and it's I get messages, and obviously I talk to clients, and they're like, what's going on? And I had to put it out there. Yes, the algorithm has changed, but keep supporting your people. And I think that, you know, we forget. I I actually have it as a habit now to like if I'm going through my feed which you know not a lot of people go through the feed the way they used to not with stories or IGTV I'm like I I do like people's people like if I'm following someone I'm gonna like the photo and I'm gonna comment and say something at least to a couple of them but you know at the very least like the photos (laughs) You know, especially if you're doing work like your work, you wanna you wanna know that it's resonating with people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to show exactly that you're actually seeing it and you're actually caring about it. And there's actually a like there's a measure of, hey, I'm I'm here. <laughs> I'm not right. And it's so true. It is. It is a really really great point. Mm-hmm. It's it's support, and it's one of those things where. where you know, if you're like, if you're following all these people and you're not liking any of their stuff, but you're just like on the platform, why are you on the platform? I've been doing, um, oh, so we talked a little bit about how my Instagram usage and social media usage has changed since pregnancy. But another big piece of it that's changed is I've, um, I've started unfollowing a lot of people 
or muting and like just if I'm like actually I don't tend to like your photos or actually I know I followed you four years ago because it made sense at the time but it really doesn't anymore and it's been kind of refreshing to see my Instagram feed go back to like oh I like this one oh and I like this one. oh and I want to comment on this one too it's it's kind of been a really nice thing to purge it down a little bit um and to right. have it feel like oh these are actually things I want to see these are actually people I want to support like these people actually help me feel good or teach me something or there's some benefit here. I completely agree. I think that I spent a lot of time really worrying about my numbers and, you know, who was following me and who was not. But at the end of the day, it really is about those people that you really, you care about what they have to say. And you know, I think it's interesting because I do, as a part of my service, I map people's engagement. I map my people's engagement. Or if they say, hey, I want to work with this person. What do you think of like their actual sphere of, uh, sphere of influence? And I'll call that SOI going forward. And I'll okay. tell them, yeah, I'll tell them like straight up, like, look, this person only has this kind of engagement. And you know, you, it's easy, it's easy to see like when engagement isn't authentic as well. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people are deceiving companies this way, which is completely unfair and not cool, but it's, it's happening. It's rampant. And, you know, I'm really honest with my, my people. I'm like, nope, you don't want to work with that person. Why? Because I can tell that this is being bought. Interesting. And is that, and that's both likes as well as comments or uh -huh. I mean likes are like follower numbers as well as comments or both or either followers and likes it's very easy to see when it is in in, a, yes. in authentic and it's it has been purchased yes yeah there is there are the types and so it's kind of interesting because of that and because of like you know if you hashtag I don't know what's like one of the popular ones like yeah if I hashtag plant-based or hashtag vegan or whatever like that, you're going to get a random uh, comment from vegan lover 25 that says like, love plants or whatever it is. And I kind of right. so I like stop using hashtags. I'm like, well, I might as well just like, but the, if the people see it, they see it. And who cares about the rest of them? But is that, is that short-sighted? Is that like, no, you should still hashtag, even though it's kind of annoying when you get the random ones that you know are bots. Yeah, still hashtag, but mix it in there. I mean, yeah. what I like to do, and I still use hashtags because it's just a habit I have at this point, but use hashtags that are niche to what you're doing. So, like, have your, like, set hashtags where, you know, these are particular to what I do and, like, people that I really want to see my work are going to see these because people still search the tags. But also use ones that were, are, like, yoga, which is, like... I know. I know, but it is funny. Like I, I struggled with that a lot. Like cause I did a lot of searching around like yoga hashtags and you know, a lot of them are just like, how deep is your back bend and what beach are you on? And it's like, okay, but that's not really the yoga post that I'm doing. And so it's, it's kind of funny. It's been an interesting journey of trying to find those hashtags that do feel like they fit the actual message or that if you actually, um, if you search that hashtag, not that they're, the posts are all the same as mine, but you're like, okay, there's a similar bent. Like I'm actually, it's it's actually the hashtag that relates to what I'm actually putting out there. Um, Look for 200,000. 
anywhere between 50,000 to 250,000, it's still a pretty, um, it's like a baby hashtag. Oh, and that's a good one to use. Yeah. I mean, use the, like, if you want like people to like your stuff, use the big one, but, um, I, I always recommend like use that 50,000 to 200,000 mark or 300,000 mark just because you're going to get people that are actually interested in, you know, yoga, being yoga high or yoga back then this, but yeah, yeah, those are definitely the ones that like I would recommend for anyone is like staying within that range. So interesting. Um, yeah, I would have never thought about that number being able to see that, um, so there is this trend that I noticed like last like two, three years um, when I was talking to companies or just people that were, you know, either building their businesses or figuring out social media or whatever. And it was like, oh, yeah, we'll hire them. They're 24. They know social media because they're young, right? Like and there was this kind of, you could hire any college kid and they're going to do great social media management for you. And I would love to hear your feelings on this. I, I have a very... Uh, my guess is that that's not going to necessarily get you what you want, but I would love to hear your perspective on it. And if there have been those moments where it's like, well, yes, like Diana costs more, but like, because she actually knows what she's doing or like, has, has there been any of that? Uh, kind not, of pushback? not really. I've gotten, you know, I've gotten a couple of people where they're like, oh, well, why should we invest in you over bringing someone in house? And it's simple. When you are that young, yes. Any, I mean, my five-year-old niece could like run an Instagram account. (laughs) She's so freaking cute, by the way. Oh my God. (laughs) She's so sassy. Um, and she's super, she's super smart and, um, she loves, loves Snapchat and I don't even, it's so funny. It's so funny because I could send you a video where she, she like, because every every five-year-old loves YouTube, so she knows how to get on and be like, hey, guys, today I'm at the house. And you're like, yeah, where else are you going to be? But my mom <laughs> has, like, Snapchat on her phone because she also loves the filters. But oh now God, she's, yes. like, doing Snapchat videos on my mom's Snapchat, and I'm the only follower with my, my brother, like, my brother and my dad. So it's, <laughs> it's funny because, like, anyone, li- literally, a five-year-old could run Instagram. But, <laughs> but what you're getting with someone like me is narrative. You're mm. telling a story. You are, you're getting an experienced background. You know, I have gone from working at nonprofits to working for a small business to working for larger corporations and dealing with, you know, really big companies that are Fortune 50s where you're getting people who can actually talk and are knowledgeable about business and how to, you know, tell a story. And a lot of times what I see when like, it's a younger person running a gram and I've had to step away from this too, because for a long time, I thought that this was the way it's more of an ad and people don't want to do ads. So when you're working with someone like me, you're working with someone who wants to tell your story. It's not just about selling people a product. It's about giving them an insight. But the way that my company is moving, I'm 
focusing more on coming in and being a little bit of a direction for that person. So one of the things that I am, you know, trying to work on, and I say trying because it's so hard to find the time to like get these things together, like put them down somewhere. I, I want to make it so that a company can hire me for six to seven months and we come up with a social media strategy for you. And then you eventually can just run it on your own. And, you know, primarily yeah. smaller companies that might not have like the big budget to keep me on year round. Mm -hmm. I think that is super beautiful because there is, I mean, just useful skill um, in general of actually learning how to tell those stories and learning how to, um, you know, like, like for me, I'm not a very visual person. So actually trying to think about what direction to turn my camera to make something look good. You know, again, not perfect, not great at it yet. I would not say that, but I've gotten way better than I used to be. Oh my gosh. And it's actually a, it's actually like a fun creative challenge and it's been interesting for like my brain to move in a way that it doesn't. So there is something kind of beautiful about teaching people how to, to see it and do it and then letting them, letting them do it because you know, there's always going to be another company that needs some help at figuring out what that strategy is, or they're going to rebrand something or change something and, and need that direction once again. Right. And I think that a part of, you know, me growing as just a business person in general, is I do want to step more into an educational role where it might not even mean coming in and showing you how to do these things, but it might mean me coming in and talking business with you and talking your strategy. And, you know, I'm by no means a branding person, but I do, I have, you know, in the past, like, been a part of another business and then have seen like small businesses come up and go that I'm getting I'm, and obviously, as I'm organizing my business, I'm becoming very comfortable in helping others do the same. Yeah, and it's, it's a great point. Again, speaking from the personal experience of when I am confused about social media strategy, it is usually because I'm confused about my brand strategy, right? Like if I know when I like get into a nice routine of like, oh, of course, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm promoting. This is what I'm working with and working on. And so this is what I'm going to share. Like it, it does, it runs nicely as a machine, but often the like sense of loss, I think does come a little deeper than I don't know how to run Instagram. It runs at like, oh yeah. So who are we trying to reach again? Like, who are we actually trying to, you know, reach, talk to, change, move? Like, what are we actually working with? Right. And the thing is, is like, as much as I can come in and like do things manually for a lot of companies, I think that where I, where my service serves the best is giving you an aligned story of who you, my dogs are like barking at something. Sorry. Um, no problem. Every, every, every time something walks by like our front gate, they're like, oh my God, I have to protect the house. Uh, <laughs> But I think that where I come in and, you know, I've, I've seen it and I, I hear it a lot is I come in because I am a visual person. I know how to tell stories. I know how to make things look good. I, you know, until recently wasn't using any of like the automated apps where you can move photos around. I've just always, and I know that this is going to sound a little maybe like self-centered, but you know, people have always said you have an eye. And oh, so, yeah. Great. So that's one thing that I do. <laughs> <an eye>. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's one thing that I pitch when, you know, people ask me about my service and why I'm good at at the things that I'm good at. I'm like, I have an eye. I like I know what aesthetically looks good and I know how to edit very well and I know how to give you, you know, your look. That's amazing. Um so thank you. <laughs> how does your I'm curious about your personal relationship with social media and how does that compare, especially now that it's also your job um, and has been your job for a while. I mean, do you have days where you're just like, I'm not into it? Or do you have days where you're like, this is dragging me down? Um, How do you manage your own relationship and consumption of social media? Again, especially since it's your job so that it doesn't just drive yourself crazy and that's the only thing you do ever. (laughs) Well, I... I stop going on social media on Saturdays. Hmm. Oh, you do know. You, interesting. Yeah. So like full Saturday off. So Saturdays I am completely off. And I used to be really into Twitter, but Twitter has become this very not positive space. Um, uh, you're really funny on Twitter. I got off Twitter about four or five months ago for the same reason. And what I, I always used to like, you're, you're very funny. Um, oh, thank but, you. Now I'm just, uh, well, I think that for me in general, like I was really political on there and I decided at the beginning of the year that I wasn't, I did not want to talk politics anymore. And it's become better now where I'm like, I'll come on and I'll say something funny about the bachelor or game of thrones. And it's changed a lot for me, but I, I'm trying, and I think that this is transcending into my Instagram account where I used to think that I had to post every day. And I think that a lot of people did where it does burn you out creatively. Uh, it's a lot of content. Like it is. There's um, a lot of content out there. And I don't think that people realize that everybody on Instagram is a content creator. And what? yeah, for me, like now I'm, I'm like opening up my Instagram account as we speak. I am really only trying to post when something is meaningful. And I know that because I did have like my own hashtag that I started that I have maybe a small responsibility to that hashtag to like say, oh my God, I went to this thing yesterday or look at this restaurant that like, you know, no one's heard of yet or, you know, like that's still there and I, and I feel it, but I feel it more as like a, a service of good. Yeah. So do you start with a photo or do you start with words? I start with a photo. You start with photo. So you see something that speaks to you and then you decide to make a post about it. Right. And it's, it's really interesting because a lot of times and now more than ever, I, I want my, my captions and my photos because honestly, Photos can get lost. There are a billion active users every day on Instagram and, and photos can get lost. But I feel like for me, when I see something, because I've always been a visual person, that's when the words will come to me. Yeah. That's super interesting. It is because like, I'm also, oh my God, this is something that I work on every day, but my grammar you know, has been very lazy grammar for the last few years. And now I'm like at the point where I'm like double checking everything, making sure everything makes sense before I'm posting it. But 
Yeah. Now it's like, if I have something to say, it usually comes from the photo or, you know, I'll see something and I'm like, oh, this reminds me of this thought that I'm having that is in transition and it transitions on to that photo. Mm. That is super beautiful. Yeah. I got to get my brain around that. It's that because I like completely, that makes so much sense. And that I think that's also, again, why like your Instagram is so compelling and so lovely and like visually is beautiful and it works so well. Um, and yeah, and I guess I have to think as like, as like a more wordy person, because I think that's where I struggle or I'm like, I have this big thought, but fuck, now I got to find a photo that Matt, like, I don't know how this photo relates to this. <laughs> right. So, kind of learning how to turn, maybe, maybe that's the goal for me to turn that on its head and say, oh, okay, maybe you could look, look for, try to find the photo first. Um, you know what my favorite day on Instagram was ever? What? It was March 13th of this year. Oh my God. I love this. Okay. And why? And why? It was the day that Instagram went, went down. <laughs> I was hoping that's what you were going to say. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, it was literally the day that Instagram went down. And yes. It was like these, you know, towers in Europe had gone down and like, literally it was just, it was an, um, an outage. It was just an outage. And, you know, on Twitter, people were like, oh my God, I've been refreshing my Instagram for like an hour. And I remember I had, um, I had sent an email out to my clients like early on in the day. And I was like, hi, Instagram is out. I think this is a great day for us to just like take a break. And I plan everything ahead of time. So I already like knew what I was going to post on all these accounts um, because of my systems that I've created. I plan everything at least a week or two in advance. You're fabulous. Very talented. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, I'm sitting there. I went to like a spin class. I (laughs) took myself to Fruit Of and, you know, had a smoothie. And I was walking out of Fruit Of. And I, I saw, you know, it's in city center and they always have that beautiful installation up whatever season. And this guy rides by on a bike and I was like, oh man, that's beautiful. And like my, my face was up. I wasn't in my phone. And that was my face. And I took a photo of it and I posted it later. And it was one of the, the better photos I've had this year performance wise. And it was honestly like, hey, the social media blackout was like a blessing in disguise. Oh because God. here I am paying attention to someone riding their bike on this empty walkway. Yeah. Yeah. That was my favorite day on social media. <laughs> I love that. It is true. Because there's been like a couple more glitches in the last like six to eight months. And so, you know, every time I like open up my phone and like uh, in the last week, my Instagram for some reason, like just started freaking out. And I'm like, oh, oh maybe it's a glitch. And you just put your phone away. And you're like, this is great. Awesome. I'll yeah. come back in a couple of hours. <laughs> it feels really nice. It feels really, really nice. I wonder what they're working on. I know. Oh my gosh. I hope, I hope not another, I mean, between like obviously the feed and then the stories and then Instagram TV, like I just hope not like a fourth thing that we could all create content on for Instagram. Cause Oh my God, that would be 
maybe start to get towards overwhelming. Well, I hear, well, here's the thing on what Instagram is doing and what it has been happening for the last few years. And I got this from a a woman I kind of consider a mentor is, you know, Facebook is obviously taking the best parts of every other platform and incorporating it into Instagram because they want you to be on the app. Yes. They are making it easy for you to be on the app. So, you know, with saving, it's like Pinterest. With video, it's like Snapchat. With TV, yes. she, um, and this is um, a Holly Liss, who is a social media OG and someone I look up to a lot. She was saying, and, you know, now we have IGTV, which is YouTube. Yeah. yeah. It's so nice. Yeah. And that is super shop. nice. Yeah. Oh, I know. The shopping is fascinating. So do you think they'll bring, well, would you consider podcasting? Do you consider that social media? So podcasting is, to me, it's really weird that like it's having a moment. Yeah. And it, it's not weird in like that it's having a moment. It's weird in that we think it's a new thing. <laughs> and I'm like, radio talk shows have been around since like the dawn of radio. <clears throat> we're literally on a radio like this is a radio show and i'm talking to the host of a radio show. yeah and yeah it's a different technology and that's that's the thing is technology is like you know ever like at the end of the day instagram is not new instagram is a museum yeah where yeah. everybody's artwork and everybody's creativity is in just one place instagram yes. is the louvre of the everyday man <laughs> it's i know so ridiculous true. but i love that so i guess yeah. i asked that question because i'm like oh shoot so is instagram gonna bring like a podcasting feature or like a, i guess you can already do voice messages in DMs, which is working quite well. Um, but I wonder I wonder what else they're going to bring in. Well, it's funny <laughs> because there is a new layout, and it's only been rolled out to a few. It's- but there is a new layout, and not a ton of accounts have it yet, but it's coming. Okay. They're working on it. A couple of different things. And, you know, that's a part of, like, what I do every day is I – check the news like what is instagram up to today yeah what is zuckerberg doing today <laughs> no oh yeah. my gosh i'm not we're, we're not gonna get into politics so we're not gonna get into if facebook should be torn apart but well i will ask you before we move yeah. on and switch gears a little bit to just like you and your life is um is, is there like is there something you think people should really know or be aware of of social media or like something that you think people get wrong about social media whether it's for business or for personal use like something you wish kind of everyone valued or considered um, in in their social media creation or consumption well one thing you know that actually came up really recently is being respectful of others mm. um, yeah. It is, it's one of those things where, you know, you can look and laugh at something for so long before you realize what are you, what are you making fun of and what are you participating in the bullying of? I was avidly, avidly, and I'll admit this freely, was, you know, following this one account that was not so nice. 
yeah. to, to someone famous. And, and, you know, at, and like at first I would joke, like I would laugh about it, but you know, in the last, in the last little bit, I've been feeling kind of like, Oh, that's, that's not so nice. And, yeah. you know, I know that like a ton of people follow this account and I, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where like, at the end of the day, we're all still human. So <laughs> let's, let's be kind to each other. And, you know, some stuff out there is, is pretty bad. And that's like the one thing that I think I could say, like, you know, everybody can follow like these funny blogs all day long or not blogs, but Instagram accounts all day long. And you'll always have something to laugh at. Yeah. But there are some things that we, we should, you know, especially people who want to be respected, yeah. which is everyone, yeah. um, you know, some things, yes, are funny, but some things are like, Oh my God, we wouldn't be seeing this if people didn't have cell phones. Yeah, well, have you seen? Um, it was relatively recent, I think. It was a John Oliver on public shaming. Did you see it? No, I didn't. But super, I super highly recommend, and it relates to this. And and kind of, he kind of said, you know, I know it sounds like we just make fun of people all day long, but we're actually really careful about who we make fun of and why we're making fun of them and really thinking about, you know, how much power does this person have? How much influence does this person have? Like, is there, you know, like, like something that shows up in DC of like, you know, shaming a guy for eating on the Metro, like, who's that helping? Right? Like, what, what is that necessarily doing? Whereas, you know, if president lies or something like that, like, okay, yeah, there's a reason to make fun of that or to talk about it or to comment on it. But, um, but he was really talking about, that way that it's kind of it's been a free-for-all and and the ways that it's kind of really ruined people's lives and really changed people's lives Um, right and I mean like could you imagine being a teenager at this age at like this technology age like I think about it all the time and I'm like I was I was insecure about my looks and up until last year I was insecure about my looks and I'm like if I was like 17 and this is you know these are the images that are getting millions of likes on Facebook or this is what people are talking about on Instagram. I don't know what I would do. Yeah. I'm not really sure. You'll have to let me know since your niece is, you know, five years ahead of my baby. You'll let me, let me know what you come up with for her because it's a, it's, it's like totally a question. It's yeah. Mm -hmm. It's um, and I think that is where some of that realizing what it's for choosing where you place your attention um, choosing how you use it, like, but having that day off on Saturday, you have that day that's like, oh yeah, and the rest of life is really colorful too, and like, and actually, there's this, you know, this face-to-face interaction that I have that is really wonderful and fabulous, and I think that is where it can get kind of problematic, especially for younger people. Of like, if that if that is their world, if they don't have the oh, actually, like the Instagram or social media world. It, I don't want to say it's fake, but it's a, it's again, like it's the caricature. It's the, um, it's the highlight reel. Like the real stuff happens or, or can more easily be facilitated in person with friends at the dinner table. Like right. that it is definitely a highlight reel and <laughs> knowing that it's a highlight reel is probably the best thing. And knowing that, some people use use the the platforms and they have no idea what they're doing like they don't really understand that at the end of the day the platform has become this 
thing where you it's like a shopping center <laughs> it is I think about it all the time I'm like it's like the mall it's like a weekend and you're at the mall with your crew and it's it, that's literally what it's become yeah that's a beautiful way of putting it um so switching gears right quick yeah. up, I would love to know um well, start with like a favorite routine. Like, what's like your favorite part of your day? Um, my my face routine. Oh, interesting. I like that. Okay, tell us more. It's, it's the only. Oh, actually, there's two. That's like the only thing I'm like committed to, like <laughs> repeatedly doing every day is making sure that I have like those thirty seconds where I'm like putting on my eye cream and putting on my my face stuff, and then. My favorite thing has literally become getting up in the morning, leaving my phone, and taking my dog for a walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really lovely. <laughs> that is the one thing that I'm committed to is she getting that time for herself because, you know, she's like in, in the house the entire day. She doesn't really go out but that is like her time is you know like she gets to go out and she's part beagle so she wants to smell everything (laughs) so yeah she gets those 15 to 20 minutes a day where she just has me to walk her that's awesome that's so so delightful um what's one habit that you've actually dropped in the last year or so made a big difference in life, health, happiness, anything? Overcommitting. Oh! Overcommitting. Yeah. yeah. Overcommitting to things that don't serve me or are not good for me. It's becoming like a big thing that I am aware of. As soon as I start feeling overwhelmed by something that I should not be overwhelmed by is the minute that that's gone. Interesting. And so, so it's, so it sounds like you're saying it's not just like your schedule is full of too many amazing things. It's like, there's some yeses that actually should have been no's. And that's the realization. It's like, oh, I'm committing to things that actually are, are a no to me and, and realizing that you'll drop it. Right. And then when I do have the opportunity to let those things go, that's, you know, like, I don't just say, oh my God, I'm quitting. But the minute that I have had the time to think about it, and the time to put it away and the time to make it, you know, assert the fact that I'm putting it away is yeah. the best. It's honestly that's, the best. That's neat. Was there something that made you like realize that it needed to change? Yeah. I think that, you know, I've gone through a really big change the last seven months and, you know, like saying yes to things and, you know, different experiences it really burned me out and you know knowing that and like finally accepting it has been the biggest the biggest piece of me moving on not only peacefully within myself but proactively Mm. that is it is really beautiful and it i mean it's kind of interesting because you know we're talking about social media etc as like the highlight reel but it's it's also just something that our human brains do and that it's really easy to look at anyone, whether you see it on social media or you just are sitting there and talking to them and to say, oh, shoot, but they're doing X, Y, and Z. Why can't I do X, Y, and Z? I should be able to do it to the same level they can or whatever it is. Um, and to kind of create these stories around 
what their life is and what your life is and how it all should look. Um, and, right. And, I think yeah. that, you know, I think at the end of the day, if anyone takes anything away from this conversation, it's this. We are all traveling through time together. And uh-huh. it is not the same for everyone. I look at some friends who run their businesses and have babies. And I'm like, uh-huh. oh, my God, if I were, if I, like, for me, if I were to put a baby into this equation... It does not look like this. Or you know, people will say your life looks so fabulous and you're doing all these things. And it's it's one of those things where I'm not going out of my way to do these things anymore. Like these things are just a part of my day to day. And I think that, you know, once we accept that, again, we're all we're all in this continuum at the same time, but it looks slightly different for every single person then I feel like we'll start really accepting it and respecting the time that we have been given here. Mm. That's big. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm totally stealing that quote from like a favorite movie, but it sticks with me all the time. Like this is my time, but I'm sharing it with others around me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you ever had that thought, like, oh, my God, this, like, does everybody think like this or everybody feel like this? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Everybody has this thought. Everybody has these, like, emotions. Everybody thinks that they are the center of the world. But we're all together in those thoughts. I love the phrase, and I've been using it a lot recently, both with myself and with clients, of um, common humanity common humanity like so basically anytime that you're like gosh why am I jealous or angry or worried or what you know whatever fill in the blank thing is bothering you that day you know very usually like most times if not all times you can sit there and say well okay hold on a second first like acknowledge this is not just me like I'm not the only person that's ever felt this I'm not the only person that's ever thought that this was a difficult situation like this is a hard this many people this is a hard situation okay Cool. So yeah. now that we just acknowledge that it's not that I'm a nut, but that this is something that humans have to do, let's move forward. <laughs> you know, one thousand percent. I think that that's the beauty of social media. At the end of the day, is we are all sharing our human experience. Uh-huh. You know, and there's something really beautiful about getting to see so many people's human experiences, especially if your experience doesn't match what your best friend looks like or what your mom's look like or what your sister's looks like or whatever it is. Like it's something really beautiful to be able to say, okay, well, no one in my town gets it, but some guy in Alabama feels the same way I do. Or I don't know why I chose a guy in Alabama. I don't agree with a lot of thousand percent. Yeah. Like there's someone else out there that's also interested in this thing. Absolutely. 100%. Totally agree. It is, you know, we're, to quote another movie, you know, we all are like apples and oranges, but at, you know, at the end of the day, we're all fruit. What movie is that one from? That one is from My Big Fat Greek Wedding. My dad loves quoting that and he loves quoting, let's put Windex on everything. <laughs> yeah. But, I'm on yeah. that too. It's so funny. And then about the first one with the time continuum, by the way. So always could love a good movie recommendation. 
Oh my God. That's yeah. About time. It's called about time and it's about time traveling, but it's not. Yes. Yes. I just and cried my eyes out for a long time. And it's like, I cannot stop thinking about it. The soundtrack is also quite good. I find. Um, Well, it's the same guy that did love actually. So it's, Um, yeah so it's really I like I have a a personal story to go with this movie I um my mother she does have a few health problems and you know throughout the years we've we've had a couple of different situations with her and this movie in particular that something had happened and I forget like why she was you know having surgery and I had gone home like after being at the hospital all day that day and my roommate was like, hey, let's go watch a movie. Yeah. And it was that movie. And there's that scene with the dad at the end. Oh, my God, yes. Oh. And I was oh. like sitting there crying in a movie theater. But every time I see that movie, I, I learn something different every time. Because I'm yes. watching it at different times in my life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, this past time, it was more like for me, it was more about his career. Than oh, it was. interesting. Yeah. So interesting. every time I watch it, I get something different from it. It is actually truly a beautiful movie. And it's funny because when I put it on a couple weeks ago, I like watched the first 20 minutes and I was like, yeah, yeah. Like I've kind of forgot. Yeah, it's kind of chick flicky. So basically, anytime I watch a movie that's kind of romantic comedy ish, I'm like, can I convince my husband to watch this? Is this not going to work? Is this going to maybe work? Um, and so the first 20 minutes, I was like, damn it. Nope, this is never going to work. I'm never going to get to watch this. And then, you know, you get towards the end, you're like, oh, no, no, no. No, this is. This is amazing. Like this is life changing stuff actually in this movie, and uh, and it's it's worth a watch. I put it in my newsletter. I'm like everyone used to watch about time. Um, well, I was <laughs> telling you about my trip with my family. I think when we talked last time, and you know, I know that we were like going over time, but I, like this is you know a story that I feel like I can tell right now. Um, yes. I, you know, I wasn't born here. I was, I was, I'm Salvadorian. I was, I came here when I was two or three. It was really little and there was a civil war going on. So my family, you know, fled and we became citizens and decided to live our lives here. Mm-hmm. I was going through a career change at the beginning of the year, end of the year, beginning of the year. And um, my parents were like, well, let's, let's go on this trip. Come with us. And you know, I, I went back with them and I had gone back in the past, but it, it was different because I was a different person. Right. And, and I'm tearing up, I'm tearing up as I say this, but where my, my mom wanted my, they wanted to show me where they had grown up and we hadn't gone down there before because, you know, the situation is a little dangerous and it's different. It's a different kind of life to what I'm used to here. And we're going down these roads and I, Sam could feel in my body this, I could remember. And I I felt like these are roads I used to travel down. And it it was so crazy to me. I haven't, you know, I hadn't been there in 30 years down these roads. And there I was having this feeling of, I have been here before. And I have seen this. And it was just, it was transformative. It was honestly one of those, I, I got it. And it, it gave me a different connection to my mom and my dad. 
So, you know, we're all traveling through time and time affects us in different ways. But at the same time, we're doing it together. And I mean, and, and time and place, I mean, which is exactly what, what you're speaking to. And, you know, he talks about the movie about how important his home is to him. And, um, you know, cause my mom came over from Italy when she was about four and, uh, and she kind of mentioned something the other day. I don't know if it was, I don't know if she saw something or if she heard something or she like, she dreamed, like she dreamed about like the chickens that they used to own in Italy. Like, she's like, I haven't thought about these chickens and yeah, like 40, 40, 45 years, 50 years. Like what? <laughs> dreaming about the chickens now? Like, hold on a second. Um, and just, you know, and even, I guess, I'll say, like, you know, when when I went back to Italy as, like, an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, I, like, like my heart felt different. And I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> like, hold on. And so I can only imagine, I mean, for you having actually lived there, because I, I have no idea why that happened when I went to Italy. And I was like, um, my heart feels at peace. And, uh, like, I feel like I feel like a different person all of a sudden. And um, so I, I can only imagine, given that you actually were born there and you actually spent time there. And I mean, you've seen your niece, you know, grow up. And so you know what a two-year-old is and feels. And it's like, yeah, you had those feelings there. Like, yeah. oh, my God, like, this is a huge piece. Like, you learned to walk there. Like, you learned to speak there. Like, it's it's huge. Um, it's big. And I, I feel like, you know, even with you going to Italy and having those feelings when you were like 18 and you had never been there and you, you go back to like the actual science of things. And, you know, you realize, I realized this later on is like you, you know, I was reading this book. It's called like, it didn't start with you. And it's about traumas that we carry. And I think that, you know, maybe this is a book that you might like want to pick up, especially like about, you know, when you're about to become a mom is as women, we are actually like our, you know, our like ovary and, or like our ovaries are actually developed in our grandmothers. And, you know, you have this like, you know, familial connection. Like I, when I was 27, I had a panic attack and like, it was, you know, like this anxiety came over my body and just this like fear. And, you know, my cousin had something similar around the time she was 27. And ah. when my grandmother was 27, she lost a child. <gasps> yeah. And like this, you know, connection that like we have like this, you know, insane panic attack from this moment in her lifetime and it's it's interesting because it happened at around the same age yeah yeah I think that is amazing and I mean and there is the science on this in terms of you know epigenetic changes and it does it it does get passed on and it's I, it is a really great point, and I do, I think about it, I, I joke about it a little bit, because, for example, my grandpa, I think it's because they all, like, grew up on, they all lived on mountains, right, so they kind of, my grandpa's, like, really wary about the weather, and he's like, I don't know, like, it's, it's gonna win, like, you gotta be careful about the wind, <laughs> and I laugh, because I'm, like, I, I, I've, like, become freaked out by the weather in my older age, like as an adult, like I was never like scared of storms, but maybe it's moving to the south and then having our crazy thunderstorms that we have down here. But suddenly I'm like, oh my God, the weather. And I, and I joke like, oh yeah, that came from grandpa. But it's, 
it's so true and i i think it is a really huge piece i think it's why it's so important to understand your family stories if if you're able and if you have the blessing to be able to be told them or be connected to those people um because because there's important learnings there <laughs> there's really important things there yeah. is there's always a connection that you're carrying with you and that's why, you know, you feel sometimes like deja vu is happening and you feel like I've been here before because in a way you have. <laughs> it, yeah, it's amazing how it's, much we experience. <laughs> I know we could literally talk about this all day, but. <laughs> well, okay. So then I will, I will finish then just with a, uh, okay, two finishes because first one is because I do know you're always like reading and learning and into such interesting stuff. So is there anything um, super interesting that you've been like learning about or reading about or thinking about um, whether it's, maybe it is the, it didn't start with you book or something, someone that's like really caught your eye recently that you want to share and think deserves a deeper look. Um, I think that the biggest thing that I am working on right now is time blocking. Yeah. I think that we would all really benefit from time blocking and it's something that I'm starting to teach others to do. Um, so yeah, that's one of the bigger things that I'm working on is just like simple, easy mechanics to living your best, most productive life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's amazing how much, how some of it is, can be so simple, right? Like right? there's like the deeper really hard, but there's also some really simple stuff. I was um, like, what apps do I need to have to be super productive? And honestly, <laughs> time blocking on a sheet of paper every day has been the best. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and when do you feel most successful? Oh, gosh. Um, you know what? Uh, this is the best example I can give of this because it was super recent. I walked into a room yesterday. And this was later in the night and it was for pineapple was celebrating their fourth birthday. Yes. And I walked in and all of these faces looked right over and smiled and they were like in different pockets. And I met people there that I had, I met a couple people there yesterday that I had only talked to on Instagram, but we were friends. Yeah. And it was like, hi oh my goodness we're connecting in IRL and that was that was the best it's you know it's making these connections with people that also feel the same way you do a lot about a lot of things and you can relate to and I think that you know my measure of success has really changed the last few years like you know when I was straight out of college and like really in the bullpen I was like money 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 let's let's do this to it's become one of those I'm making these connections that make me feel whole yeah so that's that would be it so beautiful um Diana thank you so 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 much uh where should everyone find you in the interweb online world I am Miss Diana Morales and you can find me that's my Instagram account and you can also find me as the local maven on Twitter uh, or lustlocaldc.com. You are amazing. Thank you so much for being here, sweet. And uh, just have such a beautiful rest of your Thursday. You too. Uh, thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.